When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Now, this is an interesting kid, Kevin O'Connell from San Diego State. He's 6'5", 225. You want to talk about, you know, who might be the next Derek Anderson? I mean, this kid is a raw project. Ran a 4-6 at 6'5". He ran for 11 touchdowns. He led his team in rushing this year. This is an athletic, big, tall kid who's got some upside with a big arm. Mike Mayock He's breaking packed. down Kevin O'Connell running the 40 at the combine. Did he did, did he just say this could be the next? Mm-hmm. As he was saying that, I was like, oh, who's he going to say? Tom Brady? Peyton Man? He said the next Derek, Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. Hey. You know. What a compliment he could that be, was. Boy, if everything pans out for yeah. this kid, could he be the next Derek Anderson? So what he this might... was, he just drafted in 08, and Anderson, wasn't he like, wasn't he halfway he couple, decent he with the Browns? Like, by, like, he wasn't horrible yet. He wasn't great. I think he had that epic meltdown with the Cardinals, like, the next season where at the podium where he was asking about laughing on Monday Night Football. And he's like, I don't think it's yeah. funny, and he walked off. Um, That's right. So he had a big, he had one big year in his entire career, and it was 2007. So okay. it was the year before this draft. He was a pro bowler. The Browns went, uh, they won 10 games that year. Derek Anderson started 15 to 16 games. He led the NFL in yards per completion. He threw hey. for 3,000, almost 4,000 yards, 29 touchdowns, 19 picks. He could guy. be the next Nick Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> what if that were to happen? And then Derek Anderson, I think, was benched halfway through the next season. So that was a, a wrap. Well, maybe Kevin O'Connell's lucky that his career didn't turn out like Derek Anderson. Maybe he was he was better off getting into coaching right away instead of languishing as a backup for years and years. But it's a Feedback Friday here on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. The show is presented in part by our friends at TCL, now an official partner of the NFL and one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL and learn more at TCL.com. I feel like Score North and Purple Daily have taken a taken a bombarding on Twitter this week. People mm. just... It's always kind of funny this time of year. It happens... It happens every year, even going back to when we hosted radio shows on 1500 ESPN. Now I think the, you know, the audience has grown, so there's just louder dissenting voices. But we try to explain all the time, every week, every year, 
what reckless speculation is. It's a safe space to pontificate, speculate about the things that may happen for the Minnesota Vikings and the Timberwolves and the Wild and the Twins, et cetera, right? And the amount of people that still just freak out over what, what, what? that could what? Trade Kirk, this, that could never happen. Classic score north, right? It's like, you guys, calm down. Just having some fun. Just a little, just a little speculation. Looking ahead on the horizon among friends here. Okay, it's just football discussions. No need to freak out. I think there's also a large group of people who surmise what Score North is about simply through our tweets. So, like, I, f- I feel like the people that actually listen sort of get it. And the people that, like, read your tweets are like, they're, they're like, well, this is, this is typical Score North. And they've probably consumed zero Score North besides Twitter. It's always someone with a Kirk Cousins picture in their avatar yeah. that gets all bent out of shape when you, well, you talk know, about, hey, look, uh, Vikings talk to Anthony Richardson at the combine. What could, what could that mean? It's going to be very interesting to see when Kirk Cousins is eventually gone here. It's going to be very interesting to see how many of those people disappear completely. Because I yeah, are, the, are those people going to rip? They're not like, Vikings fans. So if the Vikings move on from Kirk, are those people going to savage the front office for like? drafting Anthony Richardson Quick. or whoever in 2024 and turn on the organization? No, I think they're going to savage. I, I think they're Kirk stands. I think they're going to savage the Vikings, but they weren't Vikings fans. So that will basically be their last act. Like I, I've never seen a player who I contend has more just, he has more fans who don't care about the team once he's gone. Yeah. And we'll get, there's a couple in feedback Friday here. There are a couple Kirk questions, trigger alert for people. And so we'll get to those, but you can always throughout the week. We always stockpile as many questions as we can. If you want to ask a question, if you have a take on something, if you want to speculate, if you want to rip us, whatever it is, we will uh, get to as many as we can here. The best way to contact us is through the score North app. There's a feedback tab and uh, everything filters in to our email. So, Matthew Bidlon says, while Kevin O'Connell was speaking at a sit-down interview with Paul Allen and Gabe Henderson at the Combine this week, I watched that time. would be on KFXN Radio, for those of you that aren't familiar. KFXN Radio. 26 minutes of uh, hard-hitting questions. Uh, he said something about the, uh, and I know a lot of people, I just have to clarify, because I think a lot of people who consume YouTube and podcasts might not be familiar with, yes, there's still sports radio. That would be KFXN 100.3. Um, he said something about the running back position that caught my ear. This is probably overreacting to what he said, but we all love reckless speculation. He started his KOC. Started, and again, I'm trusting that Matthew's uh, interpretation of this interview is correct. I have not gone back and listened to it. He started talking up players and brought up Ty Chandler without prompting, yep. saying last year he uh, last year he told him it might not be you know. Sorry, it might not be you now, but just start envisioning and picturing yourself. Dalvin was so great for him, and Alex were so great in their mentoring of Ty Chandler. And Matthew says, Dalvin was so great for him, mm-hmm. is what KOC apparently said mm-hmm. in this radio interview. Immediately mentioned and used similar language about Madison, who is surely gone. Maybe an indication that he's thinking about Dalvin Cook in past tense terms. Oh, I love. I if love Matthew is correct, then he did say Dalvin was so great for Ty Chandler. What do you make of all this? I heard the whole thing. So he did say was, but I think, but he also might have meant that just in the past last tense from year, a year gone by. So, so like he's did like, he call him Dalvin running back. 
Ty Chandler, <laughs> Dalvin running back. <laughs> Dalvin RB. He called him RB1. And then he said, Madison, running back two. Um, so I think the past tense was just from the past year, as in years gone by, not that Cook is necessarily gone. Now, it's interesting. First of all, I thought he did bring up, and and there were actually a couple of players in his various media sessions he brought up unprompted, and they're all young players. They're not the veterans. Mm -hmm. Um, That he brought up Ty Chandler, because I think we all think that there's a chance Ty Chandler is going to get a very good uh, opportunity in training camp uh, to, if not win the job, certainly play a substantial role offensively, which he didn't do. The running back position as a whole, I find intriguing because of this. Tom Pelissero went on with KFXN, and our old friend, who, of, of course, we, we grew up with, basically, Phil, working with, 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN was a great breeding ground sounds bad, but, like, it, it was a, a launching pad for many, 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 <laughs> many careers, including Tom Pelissero, Jamie Erdahl. Yep. Zach Harper, who's now with, I think, is it Meadowlark Media it and Dan Lebitard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Courtney Cronin, also yeah. a launching pad for yeah. Courtney Cronin. Mm-hmm. And so, and maybe even more famous than anyone, Mackie Judd and Declan as well. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. well, and Collar, too. I mean, he's Matthew been great. Matthew Collar. Fantastic. Um, so anyway, but what was said, what Tom said was he expects, he said something along the lines of, I expect Dalvin back because they, they've got the payment, I think, what, $2, two million next week coming up to him but from what the vikings exec or from what o'connell and Quasi said i don't know that i took that away from their access i very much think that dalvin cook might not be back so i think the reckless speculation here no matter how o'connell meant to use the word was i think it's definitely founded and i do think that there is no question that o'connell is bringing up the names of young players and i think 2022 draft picks too because that class did so little in their first year um, to really emphasize that it's not like that draft class is done. Like, it's not like, well, they're all cut. They're all coming back. So, yes, I think that the interpretation in that first question is a very interesting one and absolutely might be correct. Can we go back? So, the, so Pelissero's note about, uh, so I'm just going through here. So $2 million of the 2023 salary fully guarantees in two weeks from today. So on on Friday... March 17th. Okay. Now his base salary is $10 million. So it's it's like basically 20% of his base salary guarantees. There's a $500,000 roster bonus built in there too. I don't know if that's part of the $2 million salary guarantee. I'm not sure how that mechanically works. But I guess my question is, Tom is a great reporter. He doesn't have to say something like, I would be surprised if Dalvin's not a Viking. But there's no way the Vikings who are desperate to clear 23 24 million just to get compliant with the cap in the next two weeks mm-hmm. and then they have to clear another 25 30 maybe 40 million dollars if they want to add meaningful free agents to a team that's trying to win big next year can you really play dalvin on a 14 million dollar cap hit for next season would they try and restructure that in some form and kick here's the problem so if they restructure right now he does have three years left on his contract um, the guarantees are basically gone after, I think, after the $2 million come, uh, guarantee in the next two weeks. The rest of it's kind of a fake contract. But if you were to, let's say you were to use the length of the contract, the three years left, 
to convert part of his base salary to a signing bonus and lower his cap hit and push money into the future. You would then be bloating his $15.5 million cap hit for 2024 higher and his $13.5 million cap for 2025 higher. So to me, there's like, there's, I don't see any argument for restructuring him and putting more money into 24 and 25, which is kind of what they've been doing, I guess, the last five years. So maybe I'm wrong, but he's as simple as possible. He's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like you have to, at some point in time, I don't care how great you think he was in the room. I don't care how much respect you have for what he has done or that he played in for the first time in his professional career, every game, he plays a position and he in particular with what he brings to a skill set, is not worth bending over backwards for. Like you're going to have to do that with enough guys. Like you've already got, it's just time for some guys to go. Like, you know, quit trying to be cute and play with this and get that. I am an advocate of Harrison Smith coming back. Not because I love him. Because I think he can actually do something contributing on defense. But, like, if we're going to go down that path with Delvin, are we going to go down that path with Kendricks? Because I sure as hell don't think that you should. Like, at some point in time, if you want to win, if you want to get to the stated desire of this show, you got to make decisions that perhaps, as a as a person, don't sit well. But that's just how the business works. So would you guys feel good about, let's, let's I don't know what they're going to, I really can't, the fact that you've got guys like Pelissero saying that, He'd be surprised if Dalvin wasn't a Viking. Um, kind of makes it interesting. But what would what would you guys be okay with next year? Would it be let's say it was they said goodbye to Madison, and it was it was Dalvin for one more year, and then Ty Chandler was the primary backup running back. Or would you rather them say goodbye to to Dalvin, maybe keep Madison for a couple million dollars, or say goodbye to both those guys and go find somebody else. There's a million running backs on the free agent market. You can, you're going to get a guy for two or three million dollars if you want, and I'm I'm sure Ty Chandler could come in and be, uh, you know, see what he's like as a second running back. But what would you guys be okay with at that position? I'd probably would rather roll with Dalvin and Ty Chandler than Madison and Ty Chandler. I just think it doesn't make any sense to prolong another running back's contract, in my opinion. So prolonging it, meaning I don't want to sign Alexander Madison to another contract if Dalvin Cook's already under contract. So I, and, and I know Dalvin Cook's a more explosive player. Madison's filled in nicely, right, when, when he has been called upon. I know Dalvin played in all the games last year, too, and Madison's filled in nicely. Um, but I would rather roll with, I guess, Dalvin Cook and Ty Chandler um, than bring back Madison on another running back deal. I think that's probably the last year of Dalvin Cook being a pretty productive player, whether that's in purple or somewhere else, just that cliff falls off quickly as a, a, in, in the running back class. So I'd probably roll one more year of Dalvin, um, but I wouldn't be upset by it if they ended up cutting him or they ended up trading him um, within before the, before the season even starts. I think, and I know Judd disagrees, I think this is the, the last absolute year that you could get any draft compensation in a trade for Dalvin Cook. At his mm-hmm. age, you know, the, in, you know someone's going to have to redo the salary when they acquire him, so that's going to be factored in. So I would be looking to get whatever I can. If it's a fifth-round pick, I just I, I need more draft picks. Right now, I have five draft picks if I'm Quasi. If if Dalvin can net me a fifth from the Bills or something, and I can move out from underneath that contract, I'm going to do that. If if it was Ty Chandler, and then go sign any number of you know, Jarek McKinnon is I don't know. You probably need someone. Jarek's like 30 now, and he's and he missed a couple of years with injuries. But go find a guy like that, just a, a and go split carries between this. I want this to be the last year 
the Vikings pay top dollar for a running back. This franchise has been held hostage by running back bloated salaries for like 15 years. So it's it's time to stop at some point. I want this to be the first year of Quazy and Kevin that they show that they can run th- this thing with a football mentality and that it, it's a business. I, I'm tired of bringing guys back. I'm tired. I mean, now, if they contribute, awesome. But are you telling me that Dalvin Cook in any way, shape, or form is worth what, what he's going to make or insist on? If he restructures, it's going to be too much. Um, Phil, I'm fi- if you can trade him, that's great. I disagree, but like, I like where you're, I like what you're saying more. Like if, if you could get a fifth round pick, that's great. But you know what I, I would do? I would, I would find a way to sever ties with cook. I would call in Madison and lowball him and say, if you want to come back for this, you can come back and you're going to, you will be atop the, the depth chart for the first time here. And if he says no, and keep in mind too, you know, I think he'll go somewhere else. But the conversation goes back to we are talking about a disposable position. You know, don't confuse the fact that the run game has made a return in, in importance with you need a bell cow. You don't. Um, and, and you know what? Quite frankly, if you are running this thing right, and O'Connell talked about this so he knows it. If you are running the run game correctly, the investment needs to be in the offensive line. So anything that you're going to invest in a running back should actually be invested in a lineman. Yeah. Because that's who o- O'Connell's O'Connell's exact quote at the combine was, and I think this this might have been with PA as well. But his exact quote was, "If you've looked at the run game, it's not the running backs necessarily that remain the same and are, are the most consistent. It's the five guys in front of that guy." Yeah, and I know it's not as simple as as this being the trade off, but you know if so, Dalvin's cap hit is fourteen million dollars. Now, saying goodbye to him, you wouldn't recoup all that. You'd recoup like half of it. But let's just say, for to make it simple, would you rather spend $14 million on a running back and have questionable guard play and center play? Or would you rather take a chance on a, a second-year young player like Ty Chandler and a cheap running back and go pump $14 million? And you, by the way, you can get a, a really good starting veteran guard on the free agent market for less than $14 million. It can be $8, 9 10 $12 million. I mean, to me, it's kind of obvious. You would go get a right guard for the first time in 10 years. And keep in mind, KLC, too, that the Vikings' offense last year, they were 28th in rushing attempts. So it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't the fact that they were running a lot and they were getting stuff. They weren't just running the ball nearly as much as they were under Mike Zimmer. So if you're going to run the ball that few amount of times where you're 28th out of 32 teams, why are you paying a running back top dollar? Like, at that point, yes, invest in the guard play, Go with league average. Go with a rookie contract because there's no point to pay a position where you're basically not even going to utilize it close to league average. He's going to run more though. He he goofed up. Like he he did goof up. His play calling didn't. You don't have to. Unlike Mike McCarthy. My God, did, did you see his quote this week? Yeah. I want to run the damn ball. Kellen Moore's gone because I want to run the damn ball to keep my defense off the field. Oh my God, that's painful. To it's 1977. But anyway, O'Connell O'Connell has talked about he knows he has to run more. But again, he's right. It's the five guys who block who are the key. I, so, yes, I, I think that they should definitely. I, I think the Cook time here has been pretty impressive. Some great runs, some great times. And, um, hey, you know what? He'll be a heck of a whatever he's going to end up being. 
He'll still be a running back, probably. <laughs> but I mean, no, <laughs> he'll you be know, a Buffalo tight end. Bill. Yeah. He could be a Buffalo Bill. He could be. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of <laughs> his landing spot. Oh, okay. Uh, Louis Trejo chimes in here via the scorner of that. Love all the content, been listening to you guys since the 1500 ESPN radio days. With the Vikings having the third worst cap situation, can you guys talk through what responsibility or blame, if any, Rob Berzinski should be getting with us being in this situation year in and year out? He gets a ton of praise for being a magician for creating cap space, but to what degree of influence does he have in pushing guys' contracts back to future seasons, which might not be deemed favorable managing the cap? Um You'd have to think we'd have a three- to five-year idea for how the various contracts being signed today would impact our overall cap, given their age, assessing diminishing returns, et cetera. Why don't more teams front-load money in contracts to free up money on the back end? I think it's like you've got 30 days in college to finish your term paper. (laughs) And if you're like me, you wait until the very last 48 hours to stay up all night. You don't sleep for Tuesday, Wednesday. It's due on Thursday. And it just becomes a cycle, right? Why don't you start writing your paper earlier on, right? Why don't you be more organized? You could get that paper done and have two weeks of free time while all your friends are cramming for their finals and for their term papers, right? That's what happens in the NFL. Teams see that, okay, wow, well, look, we were pretty good last year. If we could just clear, it's always about if we could clear a little more cap space for this free agent cycle. It's very tantalizing for teams. And the only way, especially now, right, we're less than two weeks away. Oh, my God, if we could just get that cornerback, if we could clear a little room for, or if you're quarterback desperate, right, like the Jets are going to have to, if they get Aaron Rodgers in a trade, mm-hmm. they're going to have to, like, renegotiate 10 different contracts just to to make it work. So it's it's the tantalizing nature of wanting to clear cap space right now to make this year's team better. And then we'll worry about, well, let's kick the can down the road and worry about the rest in a year or two. So to the first part of the question, though, here's why I don't blame Rob. Rob is asked to do this. So so he has football people saying, now I think Quaze is going to be different because he clearly has a mathematical mind where Rick was a football guy. Yeah. But, you know, Rob was told and asked, what, you know, how do you make this work? Not, and I'm sure at times Rob said, okay, but, and explained in detail that there was going to be a price to pay down the road. But I mean, there is no way Rob Brzezinski um, said, you know what we should do? We should give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. This is my idea. He was, he was basically told make two void years and dump, you know, yeah. And so he was told make this work. So I don't blame Rob here. I, so, you know, I'm sure that he is, I'm guessing he's objected at times, but this is also a Vikings problem of always wanting to be competitive. Like, if you're never going to take a step back, cap-wise, right? Like, if you're always thinking every year we're going to compete, somebody, and I don't care what the cap is, somebody's going to have to find a way to make that work. So this is a good sort of follow-up question here from uh, Jeff in Arkansas. I believe formerly Jeff in Texas, now Jeff in Arkansas. And he says, uh, can you guys do a capology segment on the NFL? Dead money, cap hit, actual cash, why is it all complicated? So I will admit, I, I feel like we probably have a better handle on this because we do this every day and we're kind of immersed in it than just like the average fan. But then there's like Rob Brzezinski's level of understanding of yeah. it, which goes beyond uh, us. But but like at 30,000 feet, 
the biggest thing to remember in the NFL is that cash is paid to a player in one column and a cap hit to the team is in another column. So there are a lot of ways, for instance, so a signing bonus. If a player wants a bunch of money, cash money up front because, hey, I might not be healthy in three, four, five years. The guarantee, maybe it's a five-year contract, and the guarantees are in the first two or three years, and the signing bonus is is up front, too, so that that player is making money now. If you're a football player, you want money now because you never know about your knee, your Achilles, all this stuff, right? So last year, for instance, Kirk Cousins made $40 million in cash. So that was his take-home for the Cousins family. Base salary, roster bonus, whatever else went into it. I think it was mostly base salary and roster bonus. The Vikings' cap hit was only like $31 million, I want to say, last year. Because they took the difference. Now, I'm oversimplifying it here. But they took the difference between the 31 cap and the 40 cash, and they moved $9 million in cap, essentially, to future seasons, which is which is allowed through the different. Because in the NFL, you've got a base salary, you've got a signing bonus, you've got roster bonuses, yeah. which th- those trigger so that, hey, uh, if my client is still on the team on March 15th, you owe him a huge chunk of money, and he creates decision checkpoints. But then you also have incentive bonuses, but basically... When you see people touting like average, this is what bothers me about the Cousins argument. People use average annual value of the contract to show that, well, he's actually only the 10th highest paid quarterback if you go average annual value. Well, Derek Carr had a five-year average annual value. Derek Carr, $40 million. It doesn't matter. If only a portion of it is guaranteed, really for the team purposes, for team roster construction, the cap hit is what matters. What percentage of that year's cap is being taken up by this player, that player, and the other. Yeah. So hopefully that simplifies it a little, I guess, but it is pretty complicated. Well, essentially what teams do now, and the league actually could look at this, you create the void years, which are fake years. So they don't really exist, but they do for the purposes of paying the, the player. I think the league could actually look at that and take steps towards saying you can't no void years. Yeah. So like, like if you're going to pay Kirk cousins, that's cool, but you're going to pay him. You're and you're going to pay him. And when his contract ends, it ends. Um, because I do think that teams unnecessarily put themselves in a pickle, uh, because they, they think it's a smart move and it's actually counterproductive. So the point of a void year. So let's use Kirk cousins as an example, because I think this is a good question from Jeff, because I think sometimes, you know, we do like to get in the weeds on this stuff because it matters big time for how you put together what you want to be a championship roster. All this stuff, it's a puzzle that you're trying to put together. And so it's its never about trying to get into another man's pockets and take away from what he's making. It's about how can you construct, from our perspective, the best roster to win a championship. So the purpose of void years on the Cousins contract, so he has one year under contract left with the Vikings 2023. And he has two void years where his contract runs through 24 and 25, but he, Kirk Cousins, is no longer with the Vikings as it's constructed right now. And they create those void years because if you give a player a signing bonus or if you convert, which you can do this to, you can convert a base salary to a signing bonus, you can convert a roster bonus to a signing bonus. Once it becomes a signing bonus, that player gets the money today. Mm-hmm. Wired. 
into his bank account. Venmo. I don't know how Rob Brzezinski does it. Does he go PayPal? Through. Does he do Venmo? No, I think they direct need deposit? to go bank account. Yeah, probably I, direct yeah, I think deposit. it needs to go. I think it's direct too much deposit. Venmo. It's on a Friday. It won't kick until a Monday. It's a whole thing. you got to really plan out your week for it. Yeah, so don't buy that house on Saturday. Yep. It would be screwed. Mm-hmm. So he gets the money up front, but because it's a signing bonus, the team can then prorate the cap hit over the remaining years of the contract. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, one move the Vikings could do to free up space and I, I'm like 95% sure I'm right on this. Maybe there's a capologist smarter than me that can tell me in the YouTube comment sections, no, Mackie, you're an idiot. And I know I'm an idiot regardless of this. He has a $20 million roster bonus that hits on March 23rd. Technically, $15 million of it hits on March 23rd. The other five hits in September. But for the purposes of this, let's call it a $20 million roster bonus that hits in like three weeks from now. The Vikings could convert that to a signing bonus. Kirk gets the $20 million right now. And then the $20 million gets spread evenly over the last three structured years of his contract, two of which are void years. So he would that so the cap hit would come. You'd take the $20 million, he gets it, but only like a third of it hits the cap for this year, and the other two thirds get spread out. Right. So you're 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 freeing up space for this year. He gets paid right now but you're putting a lot of his cap hit into years where he's not actually the Vikings quarterback. But the gene and the genius of Kirk is that he gets all guaranteed cash. And so now he wants another, let's say three year contract all guaranteed again. So yeah. it's a smart play. If you can get it, which a lot of guys can't. Yeah. You know what else is, uh, is guaranteed at some point, the weather's going to turn in the mm-hmm. twin cities and it's going to be outdoor and riding season. I know it doesn't feel that way sometimes, but I can guarantee it. And Dennis Kirk is here. Whatever you ride, whether it's a Harley, an Indian, a Metro Cruiser, a sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com so you can ride more and wait less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Shipping is free for orders over $89. If you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. DennisKirk.com, everything you need for your ride. Get ready for one incredible night of rock with Static X. Machine Killer North American Tour, Saturday, May 18th, Myth Live, with special guests, Dope, and Lines of Loyalty. Tickets on sale now at MythLive.com or eTix.com. Don't miss Static X and Seven Dust. Um, so Jeff in Arkansas, good question there. Yeah. It's all kind of complicated. Um, let's see here. Ali Danani chimes in and says, I know that you've said you don't love Quasi's buy low shots with Jalen Rager and Blacklock, but I love taking those shots. I have another buy low candidate. What about Rashad Bateman? Oh. He lit up the Ravens general manager on Twitter yesterday. He deleted it, but it's too late. Yeah, too late. He's been often injured. Uh, the Ravens players also, side note, in that NFLPA survey, trashed their strength and conditioning coach, and they so did. I think got fired. Yeah, that, that guy was... L- let go, which made it very simple probably to trash him. Yes. Thoughts about sending the Ravens a late-round pick to bring Rashad Bateman back to Minnesota? He'd be at least happy to play indoors. Unfortunately, you don't have a late-round pick right yeah. now. I think, what, a fifth fifth round? I think you're out of Would you trade and... a fifth for Rashad well, Bateman? He's gonna, even though he's disgruntled, they're not going to just sell low on a fifth-round pick for Bateman. Like, Bateman was a first-round pick two years ago. When he's been on the field, he's been pretty good for them. Like, I... 
as much as I, I know what he's trying to say, I don't think there really is a buy low option here on Bateman unless he completely, you know, just nukes the relationship and he's just trying to get out. I, I think at the, at the very minimum, it's probably like a third, probably like a third round yeah, pick I think for De- Bateman. Dex probably right. I don't mind the idea, though. but I love it. Yeah, he's got two two years left on his deal. I would uh, love him. Reasonable. It's a rookie contract. Reasonable cap hits. So he's a first round pick. So mm-hmm. so there's three years of team control yep. left. Actually, so three. I years. like the, I like the idea. I I will say this in was it now 2018 or 19 with the Gophers that kid I thought was the best receiver in the state, including the Vikings. He was incredible. So I would I would you know what. If if Baltimore's like screw this guy, I would certainly take a chance on. Him. Yeah, definitely. Let's see here, uh, Brandon. I would. I'd be interested. I'd be interested. Yes, mm-hmm. especially because he's on a rookie scale contract. Brandon Talbot says it is a devout wish of mine to indulge in the reckless speculation lifestyle. Good for you. Proud of you. Reckless speculation. What are your thoughts about this for Feedback Friday? Perform the trade that was recklessly speculated on the Wednesday show. So Vikings trading Kirk to the Niners. He waves his no-trade clause. And uh, you'd get back the Niners, one of the Niners' 2023 thirds and their 2024 first. So probably a late round, a late first-round pick. And then the Vikings use the 2023 first and the two 2024 firsts to either move up and grab a quarterback of the future this year or use that same package to entice Baltimore to move Lamar Jackson. If Bryce Young or Stroud were to fall a little bit in the draft, this move would give the Vikings the ammo to move up into, like, let's say, the top five. Love the content. Appreciate you guys. I look forward to the daily Vikings content. I just want to say, there's a to me, there's a huge difference in using that draft capital to draft a rookie quarterback and using that draft capital to draft or to trade for Lamar Jackson, who no matter which way you slice it, that dude is going to be one of the two or three highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. You think Kirk Cousins has a a big time contract? Well, Lamar suppo- Jackson's about to have one too. He supposedly wants the 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 only reason he's not signed with Baltimore. And it's a huge one. Is he wants the Deshaun Watson contract? Yeah, and so, Baltimore is wise to not do that. I will. Um, so if I'm the Vikings. I will pass on that. I am not going to. Why? Why am I going to go from one high paid? Yeah. the the whole The whole Rubik's cube of the equation is to try and find a really good young quarterback on a five year contract in which I'm not paying him a ton. So yeah. I like the idea of of a draft of the draft as a means to solve the problem. Um, I like the idea more of a trade that might get me Trey Lance back because at least I've got some rookie contract there. But as far as an expiring contract from a guy who's going to break the bank, you know what? I've got one of those. His name is Justin Jefferson, and I'm going to make him as happy as possible. So I am not doing a Lamar Jackson trade. Uh, Lamar's obviously a step up from Kirk. So like, if we're talking about overpaying for a free agent quarterback, like I guess I'd rather give a lot of money to Lamar Jackson over someone like Kirk Cousins, who has a, definitely a smaller ceiling. He's 35 years old. Lamar's a dynamic quarterback. Yeah, he's battled some injuries, but I mean, the dude, I, the, that dude won an MVP not too long ago, too. So his level of play is higher than Kirk's. That being said, I don't know if I like either of these plans, though. I don't know if I can trade up for this year's class. I don't know if I really, I know Anthony Richardson's starting to wow some people at the Combine. Um, I don't know if I can mortgage all those picks for this year. I'd have to be kind of convinced and talked into it. Man, I, so I, I'm I'm definitely I just I think in general, unless you're absolutely sure you're getting a future Hall of Fame yep. 
of Mahomes, Burrow. There's, it's a very select group. I'm going to be very careful about paying forty to fifty million dollars a year for for a quarterback. Lamar Jackson and Kirk Cousins are polar opposite quarterbacks. One guy has only once thrown for three thousand yards in a season. The other guy lights it up for over four thousand every year. Right? One's a pocket passer. One can throw a little bit, but uses his legs more than almost any quarterback in history. One has missed about 25% of the games the last couple of years. Another one never misses a game ever. I think Lamar was a better quarterback three or four years ago. And so if I, like if I were getting the 2019 Lamar Jackson and a healthy version of him, you could. I could maybe be convinced to pay a lot of money for it. But then you add in the draft picks and stuff. I would just like, if you're going to use draft capital, I'd rather have a five-year runway with a rookie-scale contract than have to do this. But... Um, it's very interesting that you like if you ever went from Kirk to Lamar or vice versa, it's like that is the like polar opposite types of, of quarterbacks. Uh, Turner Joy here on Twitter says nobody will lose more than Score North and Purple Daily when the Vikings lose Kirk Cousins. So much content takes an engagement all gone. Well, <laughs> what this person does not know is the plan is fully to fold up shop. Like what That's they don't true. know, yeah. the plug is pulled. Like, like, like. That's we why we're were, throwing all our fastballs right now. Exactly. Because, we I mean, were if born. He gets, if he waves his no trade tomorrow, we're you know. I mean, you know, us. the public, the public knows the score north story. You know, when when we we unfortunately had to part ways with lots of folks. Pandemic. Uh-uh, this whole thing was set up as a Kirk Cousins ploy. 2018. We all got together <laughs> in the company building in a small room when Cousins signed that contract and said, how do we milk it? How do we milk it? And Dan Seaman got up, our boss, and said, here's what we do. We just have three guys. All they do on a camera. is talk Kirk every All single day. Static on YouTube, a camera. Podcast. No highlights running, no B-roll. We're going to do it as cheap as possible, and all they do is fire off hot takes. Who are those three guys? And I, Phil, I, Declan, and I said, that's No us. problem. I will say this. So I, I have personally, and Judd, you've been in the media industry longer. I've been, uh, I've been doing this on a microphone for like 17 years in Minneapolis sports talk radio or podcasting in YouTube. And we've had a lot of hot button players, Joe Maurer, right? You know, is he overpaid? Hit, you got to hit more home runs. We've gotten in a bunch of arguments about players in this town. I have never in 17 years experienced the vitriol like we get or like I get when we talk about Kirk Cousins. I mean, I I literally, I would say once or twice a month, and it happened again yesterday, and this could just be random idiots on Twitter, but literally over a Kirk Cousins opinion, have people say they're glad my dad died. You know, people take, whatever it is about Cousins, I don't know if it's like people relate to him on a personal level, on a spiritual level or whatever it is, but like people take discussion about him so personally compared to other sports debates. We've debated about Sano, Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, any number of other Vikings quarterbacks throughout the years that we've been doing this. But there's something about Kirk that, and I think I have some ideas of what it is. I was going to say, I think you know exactly but, what those are. They're not worth exploring, and they yeah. have nothing to do with football, but I think I know exactly what they are. But people, I mean, just vitriol is, is the only word. People right. just get really worked up when, when he is discussed. But I, but I feel like, like 
Sanoa is a perfect example. I feel as if the Sanoa fans and those who for a long time were like, you guys are so wrong. Miguel Sanoa is unbelievable. I do think that those were Twins fans. Like, I think that those those people were Sanoa fans, but they were Twins fans. I'm telling you, I think Kirk has a fan base that has nothing to do with the Vikings. No, he absolutely does. I, I, but yeah. but that, that's where it crosses a weird line because I don't know how many guys I've covered who it's very clear that they have their own. I, I mean, Favre did, but he was Favre. Yeah. You know, you know I, 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 I've been thinking a lot more about this Cousins thing, too, because I, I, I want to have some self-awareness and, and leave room. I think we, we, we have really strong opinions, and sometimes it comes off as like we're know-it-alls or whatever. We're not. We're just idiots, and we, we do admit that we're wrong all the time on the show. That's what Wednesdays, Wednesdays are for. Write that down Wednesdays. But I think what has irked me about Kirk the most the last five years, and he has largely, if you would have told me on the statistical side, he's going to put up these numbers over the five years of the contract. I would have said, oh, all right. I think you probably do pretty well that way. But he was brought in as a mercenary. He was supposed to be the mercenary that pushed this franchise beyond where it's been for decades, right? They were ready to win a Super Bowl. To me, he's kind of a, and it's not all his fault, but the signing of Kirk Cousins is a failed mercenary mission. Five years, $150 million or whatever it's been, one playoff win. And it's not all, again, it's not all on him, but it's like from a franchise perspective, from a fan base perspective, why would you want to keep getting on the same ride year after year after year? It wasn't like they if they, if they would have drafted him and he felt more like one of us and he's homegrown and he's ours, right? Like a Dante or like right. a, a Teddy or something. You can feel more of an emotional connection. He was brought in here as a mercenary, a football mercenary. And the, and the experiment has led to two playoff appearances and one playoff win in five years. It's like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. On my list, though, see, that this is my thing now. There are a lot of guys I want to. In, in fact, I don't even want to dump Kirk. So, so like, Kirk, to me, you know, again, these are these are chess pieces. You're trying to win. They're chess pieces. They're not people as far as I'm c- concerned. That's a whole different thing. So, like, the whole thing with Kirk. But, I mean, there is a list of guys that I have who I think should be gone. And, and it's not even Kirk yet. Now, if Kirk wants a fully guaranteed three years again, then, yeah, I can't do that. But, I mean... I don't think he's going to be traded. I think he's going to be here in 2023. I think that the rate things are going, that might be it. And I'm fine with that. I'm very, very much more concerned with being a Justin Jefferson stand because I think he's the future. Um, But I think our show has been, and this, again, this is the weird thing about the Kirk fan. I think our show has been very, since uh, the season came to an end, very, very upfront about who we want gone and why. And it's a lot of veteran guys. And it's amazing. I mean, Adam Thielen, native son, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have I said, I think he should be gone? I, I, I think he's declining. I think it's going to be a problem if he has to be the third guy. But I haven't got a fraction of the pushback that we get on Kirk, which, again, is why I think that Kirk has his own fan club that has nothing to do with his team. Yeah. Because I think that we have made it very, very clear this team needs to move on from a decent amount of players, and we're not even calling for Kirk to be gone next season. That's a couple of years down the road, probably. As far as what will this show and other Score North shows talk about when, whenever, whether it's this year, in five years, whenever, whenever Kirk is no longer the Vikings quarterback? Well, my guess is we'll talk about the next Vikings quarterback, and it'll be a lot of fun to talk about the next Vikings quarterback, whoever that may be. The non-Vikings 
fan, the Kirk fan, doesn't realize how popular the Vikings are. And whoever the Vikings quarterback is at right. any given but, time. But, like, we're, we're literally dealing with you are de- – they think he's a rock star. And so they're like, well, once the rock star is gone, you're, no, the, you're going to be – The Vikings are the rock star, and they right. can – it's like Journey. Steve Perry, it turns out, you know, I love Steve Perry. It, but Arnell, Arnell Pineda can step in there. Exactly. And, and they had four other guys between Steve Perry and Arnell Pineda. They're still, they're still packing stadiums and arenas 40 years later, okay? No, no not to denigrate Steve Perry. Right. Steve but, Perry guy. But okay? if you're a Kirk but I'm fan also an Arnell Pineda guy. But if you're a Kirk fan in Boston, you don't know that. Hmm? Just use Boston as an example. Hey, D-Generation X kicked Shawn Michaels out. They, they thrived just without him, right? They brought X-Pac. They brought X-Pac. They got, the they got better, yeah. by the way. They got better. I mean, come on. They were fine. Right. You know, D-Generation X, Shawn Michaels had a big cap hit. They said yeah. goodbye, and they brought in three guys to replace him. Yeah. Badass Billy Gunn, Road Dog Jesse James, and X-Pac. And China. Well, yeah. China was part of the first. Like you but- said, Phil, fans, right? Fans across the board. Van Halen switched from David Lee Roth, who was yeah, enormous This, this at the might time, be a bad example, to actually. Sammy this Hagar. Might, that might be Jordan and they Love. Van Hagar. Who was, uh, who was the drummer before Ringo and the Beatles, Judd? Pete Best. Yeah. See, they went from Pete, Pete Best, Best to Ringo. Pete Best right out. Yeah. They were fine. Because guess what? He did. He played a, he played a three-yard <laughs> beat on fourth and eight. Oh, man. Tough. <laughs> Well, that's a Feedback Friday wow. for you guys here on Purple Daily. Uh, we Daily love you guys. Vikings Entertainment. Love we do. Guys. Whether you hate watch or love watch, we appreciate all of you for helping build this into, in 2022, it was one of the biggest, most listened to football podcasts in America. So thank you all, and we'll see you tomorrow here on Purple Daily.